a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I am Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 109. Some tough topics we have waded through here this morning. And if I'm honest, it's going to continue. We, uh, at 2.20, will be speaking with KSL News Radio reporter Paul Nelson. He has been in the room where the press briefing has taken place. Which one am I talking about? Well, of course, this is the case of Lauren McCluskey. Over the weekend, we opened up our little news alerts on the phone, or you heard the news break here on KSL News Radio, that there has been a, an allegation, an added allegation, in the case of Lauren McCluskey, in that she was blackmailed once. There were some compromising photos. She went to the authorities with those photos and with the story of the blackmail. She handed those photos over to law enforcement, and the allegation goes that those photos were treated inappropriately. The allegation is that they were saved on a personal device and maybe even shared with others. I say maybe and allegation and it is alleged and you use all those words to leave a a little bit of space because we don't yet know exactly what happened. We don't yet know. We'll see if we can get some answers from KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson in just a little while. He will join me on this program just after 2.20. Right now, though, I want to talk to you about Orrin Hatch, the Navajo Nation, and coronavirus. Backing up a little bit, the Navajo Nation has had uh, an interesting experience. Interesting is probably an understatement and maybe an inappropriate word to apply to this, but their experience with the coronavirus has been tough. It was recently discussed in the daily press briefing by state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn exactly what their experience has been thus far. Let me share with you those words, and then we'll move into the area where Senator Orrin Hatch has stepped in. So here is Dr. Dunn addressing the Navajo Nation in a press briefing uh, just a short time ago. Another issue we're actively tracking is an outbreak in San Juan Health District associated with the Navajo Nation. They have had a total of 116 cases from the beginning of this outbreak and over half occurred last week. Our mobile testing team with the Utah Public Health Laboratory has been out several times in the past couple weeks testing all of the community members. And the Utah Department of Health has been providing guidance on contact tracing, quarantine, and isolation as well. You and I have a good understanding of how departments of health interact with uh, counties and municipalities, and in fact, the state as a whole. But the Navajo Nation is a little bit different. The Navajo Nation isn't a county. It's not a city. In fact, it's sovereign. Dr. Dunn talked about the sovereign nation or the sovereign nature of the Navajo Nation and what that means and what that means in terms of how resources are deployed and how help is able to be offered. Dr. Dunn. 
Another issue we're actively tracking is an outbreak in San Juan Health District associated with the most of the cases we're finding in San Juan right now are associated with the Navajo Nation, which of course is a sovereign nation. So we're supplying support as requested. Um, and right now they're really in need of just testing capacity. And so our mobile teams down there are 100% focused on mobile testing um, and not necessarily the complete picture of the strike teams. We are providing guidance and, and meet with them regularly to talk about contact tracing and other elements of response. But right now we're just focusing on the testing on the ground. And in terms of what started it, we don't have any indications now. Um, we just know that they've seen a spike in cases over the recent weeks. The state has no authority or ability to impose any of this help. If the State Department of Health is to aid in the testing or the, the fighting of the coronavirus on the Navajo Nation, it will come only after that help is requested, and that is what we are seeing. In fact, Amy was on the phone just this morning with the Utah Department of Health, and we got back the, the following note regarding what's happening, what's happening on the Navajo Nation with the aid of the Utah Department of Health. Quote, we conducted a mobile testing clinic in Blanding last week in partnership with the Utah Navajo Health Systems, and that's it thus far. It's a unique relationship that exists between the state and the Navajo Nation. They must ask the state for help if that help is to be given. Otherwise, there is no position for the state to impose that help. Now, the story uh, it goes a little bit further, and I told you in just a moment I'm going to mention uh, Senator Orrin Hatch. He has a, a very well-thought-out uh, column, op-ed, if you will, published in The Hill. That's one of those publications from Washington, D.C., one that I, as a congressional aide, used to read daily, pretty religiously. I'd read The Hill, I'd read Politico, and I would read Roll Call, and that was, uh, for the most part, how I got my Washington, D.C. information. And there's, a, anyway, a good article written by former Senator Orrin G. Hatch uh, uh, regarding his views on the Navajo Nation and how there really ought to be justice sought for the nation. Before I get there, though, I want to tell you about a, a story I have been following uh, throughout the course of this day, and it has to do uh, with a group of Utah lawyers who are rallying help for this hard-hit Navajo Nation. It's a, an excellent column written up by Lee Benson, and it chronicles the experience uh, and the efforts of a University of Utah law professor, a woman named Heather Tanana. She is leading a crusade to bring aid to the Navajo Nation. And why is that interesting? Well, she is a member of the nation herself. This means something more to her than just a, a legal exercise. And what is the legal exercise in which she's engaged? Well, there are certain monies made available via the CARES Act, which there are those alleging have not been exactly allocated exactly the way they ought to be to aid uh, Native Americans, specifically those within the Navajo Nation. So this law professor, along with others, she is recruiting to help. Uh, she is working to create uh, Utah Tribal COVID-19 Relief. Her crusade is aimed at collecting needed aid in the form of both physical supplies and monetary funding. That for the Navajo Nation, of course. We've reached out to the professor and hopefully we'll have a conversation with her tomorrow. We can get more details on what she's doing. And maybe there's something you and I can do to help. I'm willing. Are you? Hopefully we'll have that conversation tomorrow. The headline from Orrin Hatch reads, From COVID to RECA, Seeking Justice for the Navajo Nation. 
Now, what is RECA? That's Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. That is a piece of legislation introduced by uh, former Senator Hatch years and years ago, and it has to do with federal funding going to those Americans who contracted either forms of cancer or respiratory illness as a result of uranium mining and nuclear testing. So what's the correlation? The correlation is that the respiratory illness, these the words of Orrin Hatch, as it ravages the Navajo Nation in the form of the coronavirus, justice for our indigenous populations requires swift congressional action. First, he claims that we must bolster federal, bolster federal assistance for Native American tribes in the fight. And second, and he relates these two, in updating that older piece of legislation which hands out aid for those uh, who are exposed to radiation. There's a lot of overlap there, he claims. And to address that would do much good to not only the Navajo Nation, but many, many others. Got to move on, take a break here. When we come back, as I told you, we'll be speaking with Paul Nelson, KSL News radio reporter. He was present for this McCluskey press conference where the parents of Slane University of Utah student Lauren McCluskey spoke to the media as well as their attorneys that in the wake of new allegations regarding some photographs of young Lauren McCluskey. The details are next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.